They thought we were done but we're just getting started. From topping the charts to laughing. <laughs> from investing 101 to owning the market. No jargon, no complications. But at the end of the day, the underlying investment is not necessarily only shares in companies. We also have ETFs that invest in bonds, in fixed interest investments. We've got ETFs that have physical commodities like gold and platinum as the underlying investment. Welcome to Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications, your cool guide to investing. When you are new to the world of investing, there are a few words that will leave you dazed and confused. From dividends to fractional share ownership and market capitalization. The lingo of investing is something else. And when I rewind back to when I started my journey in terms of investing, it was the words exchange traded funds that gave me sleepless nights. What made it worse is that people couldn't explain what it was. (laughs) My name is DJ at large. (laughs) Welcome to part one of Easy Does It, another conversation where we make investing easy. So for today's episode, I decided to call on to the queen of ETFs, the president of CFA South Africa. She's a market commentator, an independent ETF strategist, an advisor, and the director at ETFSA. Talk about having multiple streams of income. She's got it down locked. Her name is Narina Fissa. Thank you so much for joining us on Easy Does It. Tebo, it's really my pleasure. Thank you for the invite. I look forward to engaging with you and with your audience in this wonderful format called The Podcast. (laughs) Absolutely. So before we get into ETFs, I've got a random money question for you. Uh, Do you remember the first ever share that you invested in? And most importantly, do you still have it? (laughs) Tebo, now you're going to have me disclose my age. Because I'm afraid I'm old enough that the idea of buying an individual share for a mere mortal like myself as a young 22-year-old who started working was just not even an option. Um, We're going back now to um, the 80s when I had my first job and um, the the de facto way of, I don't even want to call it investing, you know, of of doing the right thing money-wise was um, you were sold, please note you didn't buy, you were sold some horrible insurance product which was a combination of life insurance and a retirement product. This was now me, young 20 22-year-old, zero dependence, and in which planet is that an appropriate investment, I ask you. So I'm afraid my very first uh, money that I sort of handed over to the investment industry came in the form of a horrible combination product called a retirement annuity with a built-in some life insurance type of thing. So ish. Not good. (laughs) Do I still have it? No, definitely not. (laughs) What a combination of things into it. And it's crazy how things have changed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You can literally get into an app and start to own the market, um, whichever platform you decide to use, which is absolutely amazing. And I love that you touched about your 22-year-old self (laughs) going back in time. I was very surprised when I was doing um, research on you that you initially started in the defense and weapons industry 
and then at some point in time you decided hmm this isn't for me i now want to make things even worse by getting into the investment and finance industry why and and what prompted that change <laughs> different type of killer moves that i've decided to move into <laughs> so, so temple the, the the start of that really was was quite simple i was um fortunate and privileged enough to have a bursary with um what was um armscore krijgkor at the time currently denel and um so they paid for my studies and as part of that i was then offered a job with them and so yes my first job was actually on the Royfalk attack helicopter i worked on the weapons system which amongst other things include rockets so when i say i'm a rocket scientist and when i say <laughs> investing is not rocket science i actually know what i'm talking about <laughs> but jokes aside my 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 love really is about maths it's about numbers and and very much the application applied mathematics and so that's very much what i did in the defense industry and fast forward a couple of years when I had the wonderful I think this is my second favorite relationship after my husband of course my second favorite relationship is with investment markets and it was actually my husband that completely coincidentally got me into it he knew me well enough that when he saw a job advertised for a quantitative analyst at old mutual asset managers mm. uh, yeah I know don't worry I couldn't even pronounce the word at the time let alone knew what this word quantitative meant he looked at the description of what they were saying what type of person they looking for and he said to me that's you go and oh. apply and i guess the guy that took the real leap of faith was the guy that appointed me this um you know i was i was a little bit less young then i was all of 30 years old three children later and um yes did appoint me on the basis of the love of maths the the analytical skills the ability to really sort of get stuck into the detail the modeling those sort of things and for me it really was love at first sight i just loved the dynamism of markets the things that changed every single day it was an incredibly steep learning learning curve first to pronounce and spell quantitative but even beyond that you know terms like asset allocation you know you spoke about exchange traded yeah. fund the lingo i didn't know any of this and i think um that might be one of the reasons why i get a real kick out of helping people debunk some of these myths understand the jargon you know get through this because it really isn't rocket science and yet the industry would so often lead us to believe that it is and that you need some sort of superior knowledge or positioning in order to participate and it just ain't so so yeah that's that's me wow. and here i am shall i say exactly how many is let's just put it this way it's more than a quarter of a century later Jeez, you look <laughs> very young to me <laughs> flattery I, I, will get you everywhere to everywhere <laughs> and and i love that you touch on the passion and the love for teaching mm. it's something that has has throughout your life it's been there even even currently with its social media or webinars or your podcast or the work you guys do at ETFSA more than selling a product it's about teaching people and giving them the power to own the market to invest mm. to own those um be be the writers of their destiny mm-hmm. you know and where they want to go financially how has that process been of teaching people has it been easy has it been difficult what are, what are some of the challenges with with trying to get people to understand some of these things I think it comes extremely naturally for me. I come from a family of teachers. Both my grandfathers were teachers, school principals, and in my family, my extended family, my own children, my my nephews and my nieces, my everywhere in my family we are teachers. So I think it's something that comes very naturally for us and I think it is about the the satisfaction that you get when you see that, you know, that 
veil of uncertainty lifting in somebody's eyes when they get it. There's little that is more satisfactory for me than, than actually being able to explain something to somebody in a way that they then get it. You know, for me, real empowerment sits in education. It sits in enabling people to do things for themselves rather than just doing it for them. And so, yes, it's, it's, it's been a lifelong natural, I don't even want to call it a passion, that's just who I am. It comes so naturally for me. Oh, man, what a, what a beautiful thing. And, and I'm hoping that as we get into this ETFs 101 discussion, <laughs> I will get it as well and everybody else who doesn't fully understand it will get it. But I think before we get into what an ETF actually is, I want to debunk some of the misconceptions and the myths about ETFs because I want us to start on a clean slate. Mm. When you are teaching people and you're engaging people about ETFs, I mean, what are some of the things that come up, the misconceptions, um, the disinformation that sometimes comes up around ETFs? And then I'd love for us to work into actually understanding what they are. I think for me, probably the two most common misconceptions, and I must I must specifically say here that this is not just amongst retail investors or, or ordinary mere mortals. This is very much even with in institutional investors, professional investors, the two most common misconceptions that I come across. The first one is this idea of, and I hate the term, passive investing. This is index tracking investing, and we're going to get into what, what that means. But this notion, this use of the word passive, I think evokes um, emotions with people of, I'm not doing anything, it's lazy, it's just sitting there, it's not, how can this be good for me, building something dynamic, building my wealth? if this thing is passive. It is index tracking. In other words, and I always explain that index tracking really just means it's something that follows a recipe. If you think about Mm. baking a cake, you know, once I've decided whether it's a chocolate cake or a carrot cake or whatever that I want to bake, I find myself a recipe and the recipe will tell me three important things. The first thing is what are my ingredients? Okay. In the world of an investment index, what are the constituents? What are the individual securities that go into it? My ingredients. The second thing is the quantities. How much of each? How many eggs, how many cups of flour, you know, how many milliliters of milk or whatever. So my quantities, and again, in the index and the investment world, how many shares or components of each of these securities make up my index. And then the third one really is the method. It tells, you know, mix this, beat that together, pour it in the pan, put it in the oven for how long or whatever. And again, that's what the index tracking fund then does. It says, okay, we'll mix up these ingredients in the right quantities. And then just to take the analogy of the of the cake a little bit further, the, the important part is the recipe following the recipe putting everything into that cake tin and then you stick it in the oven and your recipe tells you how long it's going to be in the oven before that cake is going to be baked so i often say to people if my cake is meant to bake for an hour if i after five minutes look through that little glass window of the (laughs) oven and i don't see anything happen I'm not going to open the oven door yes. and poke my finger in it because then I'm never going to have a baked cake. You have to wait. I've got, I've got to wait. Yeah. And, and I know I've got to have that expectation in terms of how long should I wake, wait before I actually see the impact. And so I often say to people, you know what, that's why an oven has a glass door. So you can, you can look at what's happening, but you're not allowed to open the door and poke your finger in it. Think exactly the same about your investment portfolio. You can look on your online broking, on your app, as you were saying, wherever you can look at what's happening in your investment portfolio but don't let what you see there tempt you into opening the door sticking your dirty finger in it and messing (laughs) it up you're never going to have a cake that way (laughs) this is why I call you the queen of ETFs because the way in which you've explained it makes so much sense so if if we're on the same page Mm. right 
the ETF is the cake itself, yep. the, the final product, yes. right? Who is the baker? So who's ah. the one that decides these are the ingredients, this is how much, who's that individual? Mm. So actually, you're already talking about two individuals here. You're okay. talking about a baker, and then you talk about who puts together the recipe. Oh, and those okay. are not necessarily same. the same. Oh, in okay. fact, usually it is not the same entity. From a regulatory perspective, they actually expect the index provider to be independent of the asset manager, the fund manager. Okay. So the index provider is the one that puts together the recipe that says how much of okay. what goes into it and how, how, what is the method to bake this cake. You then get the baker, the Histon Blumenthal of this world, <laughs> or Mr. Cake Boss coming in and saying, I am just following this recipe exactly as it is because that's what an index tracking fund does. It follows the recipe exactly as it is. So the baker is not trying to be a Histon Blumenthal or a Cake Boss and being all um, elaborate and, and, and putting his own flavor into terms of it now he follows the recipe because it's in following the recipe that you get the certainty of the outcome Oh. If I, as a baker, come in and I now go, oh, now I think I'm going to add a little bit more of this or don't and include this or whatever, I'm not sure whether the outcome is necessarily going to be a success. It might be better, might be a lot worse, but I don't really know. So the certainty that comes from the predictability of the outcome from following the recipe is what we expect of the baker, the asset manager of the ETF. And it's that, that certainty that comes with index tracking that is just one of the major benefits of ETFs. Ah, oh, lovely. And, and I love now that you've explained the two individuals who mm. come together to actually bake the cake. So the individual that actually writes the recipe itself, yeah. and then the baker who actually puts these things together. Yeah. If I can just on that note, mm. the reason why it's important that it's two separate parties, if it was one and the same, it would mean that the baker or the asset manager has the ability to manipulate or to change the recipe to suit what he wants to do. You know, he might feel a little bit more, more of this and a bit less or that or whatever and so it, it starts interfering with the purity the persistence the, the consistency of the index and how it is delivered and that's why it's so important that these are two completely independent parties and they might just want an ingredient that everybody else hates and just wants to throw it into our cake which exactly is cool as well. exactly and i love that you use that analogy because that's and we're going to come to to this later on in terms of transparency also but think again of a cake analogy if i have a nut allergy and i'm baking a carrot cake I need to make very sure that the recipe that I'm using doesn't have any nuts in it. I can't have any pecanuts or walnuts in my carrot cake if I have a nut allergy. If I, as the person who goes and buys this carrot cake that has been baked for me by the baker, do it on the basis of I've assessed what the recipe said and said there's not going to be any nuts in it. I buy it knowing that I'm going to be okay. Yes, yes. If the baker has now come and said, oh, you know what, no, I quite like this nutty thing. Let's just throw some pecanuts in there. What's a carrot cake without some pecanuts? And then he causes a nut allergy, an allergic reaction with me. So staying true to the recipe is incredibly important, certainly in baking, but equally important when we talk about index tracking investments such as ETFs. You've, you've just blown my mind right now. <laughs> and, and I mean, for those that are listening, they can always rewind and almost listen to it again, make notes and so forth, because this is all about learning and education. And so we've discussed the individuals that help us to put this cake together. Now I want to talk a little bit about the cake itself. <laughs> Right, so you, you, you've got different types of cake. You've mm. 
got the black forest, the the banana bread. You've got you've got all these types of of different cakes. Even a, a, an ice cream a cheesecake. <laughs> all <laughs> these cake. weird and wonderful <laughs> cakes that are available. So we're saying that the ingredients are the different companies, if you want to put it that, yeah. that put it together. It could be companies. So of course, when we look at these different cakes, as you refer to it, yes, probably one of the most common versions that we're aware of or familiar with is equity ETFs. In other words, the underlying investments are all shares in companies. So that's what we would refer to if we talk about an equity ETF. But at the end of the day, the underlying investment is not necessarily only shares in companies. We also have ETFs that invest in bonds, in fixed interest investments. We've got ETFs that have physical commodities like gold and platinum as the underlying investment. So these the type of underlying investment is not necessarily just shares in companies, even though that's where the index tracking in the ETF industry really started. But we've evolved from that significantly. We even have multi-asset ETFs. In other words, where the underlying could be a combination of shares in companies, bonds or or, um, interest-bearing sort of instruments, Properties, listed properties, it could be commodities, it could be currencies, it could be a broad range of different types of assets that all can be grouped into a single index tracking fund or an ETF. Which makes quite quite a lot of sense. Now there's a couple of other things that are coming into my mind. We're often told that, especially when, you, when you're entering into the, the world of investing, that if you're a first-time investor, go for an ETF. It's the best thing to go for. Is, is that true from, from, from your aspect? And then also, how do I choose which cake is the best? Mm, yeah. you know, because once you've bought the cake, you've bought the That's entire right. cake. You can't like get a slice of this, of this cake. So yeah. I think those are the, the two things that are coming into my mind at the moment. Yeah. Just on that, yes, you can get a slice of the cake, but you can't take the eggs that's inside the cake out of it and only have the eggs. So. Lovely, because it's already been all mixed up. It's already up been all mixed up, yes. So, so let's, let's, why do I believe that an ETF is the most appropriate first-time investment for a, a, a new investor? It's also a very important investment for long-time investors, but yes, for a first-time investor. What are two of the major benefits that we have with this? The one is the fact that through a single transaction, a single thing thing that you buy, you are getting a diversified basket of different um, ingredients, different investments. And diversification, we know, is really that powerful mechanism that reduces the risk that is associated with investments, especially if you're investing in, let's say, for example, just a single company. Yes, it has the ability maybe to give you really spectacular high performance, but it also has the ability to go out of business and and go bankrupt. And you can have that full range. If you have an ETF that includes a whole basket of securities, a whole group of companies, some of them might do really well, some of them might do badly, but on average, you're getting a very nice diversified protective group. So that's the one reason why I think it's incredibly important. But the other reason that makes it really attractive is that you can do so for relatively small amounts of money you don't in the first place you don't need a lot of money nowadays to invest at all so that's very different from what 22 year old me experienced in the 1980s but even more so with the amount of money that I have if I've got a relatively small amount buying an ETF with that little bit of money gives me access to a range of investments that I would never be able to buy if I had to go and buy each of those individual companies myself. Let's think of something like an MSCI World Index. It invests in about 1,700 companies globally around the world. 
How would I ever be able to invest a hundred rand and get exposure to seventeen hundred companies around the world? I can only do it cost effectively. Well, never mind cost effect. I can only do it using an ETF. I love that. I want to visualize what you've said because I'm a very visual kind of person. Good. So I'm imagining a basket with different ingredients that I'd use to make a cake. Yes. So I have the option of buying the individual things in the basket. So I can buy the egg separately, the flour separately, the, the baking powder separately, or I can buy the cake that's already got all these ingredients exactly. mixed together. And the beauty of buying the cake is that if the price of eggs for whatever reason falls, the cake is pretty much still yeah, it's still a yeah, cake it exactly. makes no difference but if i'm buying them individually i don't have eggs which means i can't make a cake anymore yeah, yeah. which is absolute disaster exactly exactly and so so i want to go one step further because the other part of the question that you asked is how must i decide what yes. ETF, what cake yes. do i want in terms of this and this is where the power of the transparency of etfs become so powerful i want to go back to my analogy of the nut allergy and and baking the carrot cake if i know that there are certain things that I don't want in my investment. Let's take, for example, Sharia compliancy. If I'm an, if I follow Islamic finance principles, and I know I cannot have anything interest-bearing or with debt in my in my investment, mm-hmm. the best way for me to ensure that is to know exactly what's what in my in, and yes. and because I've got the transparency with the index, the index will tell me no nuts in this recipe. The index mm-hmm. will tell me no investments, no companies, no underlying assets here that are not Sharia compliant. So it allows me to assess and identify investments that suit some of my investment objectives on an exclusion basis. So the things that I don't want or need in it. What about the things that I do want in my investment? So when you're starting out, and really when we're talking about investments, not trading, investments, it is a long-term investment horizon. And so we've got more than enough evidence to know that the best investment opportunity sort of for long-term investment performance is in equities it is in shares it is in companies so you really want to start out by investing in a nice broad-based equity market investment now there are many different options available and one can get into analysis paralysis (laughs) when you start getting too detailed about all of this similarly if i want to say listen i just want a chocolate cake and you say oh you know there's this this dark chocolate and there's this chocolate with vanilla swirl and, and this and that i'm going to get myself crazy what is a lot more important is actually just to get started just buy I almost want to say any good old chocolate cake will do as you learn then as you then taste that chocolate cake you'll say hmm this one's not bad but actually it's a little bit too sweet for me so maybe next time when I buy a chocolate cake I'm going to look for one that's got a lower sugar component and we must do exactly the same with our investments just get started start with a basic broad based equity market ETF and then experience it. See how it reacts. You know, just like you can't learn driving a car by watching someone else do it. You've got to actually get in get behind car, that yeah. steering wheel and do it yourself. And and you can do that with ETFs in such for so much, such a low cost and, and, and such a diversified way that there's really very little risk associated with it. And especially if your main purpose in the early days is to learn. This is not just about, this is not a get rich quick scheme. Mm. You don't want to get in there and say, I want to 
want to see how quickly I can make a, a you know a ten bagger out of this type of investment. No, if your primary goal in the early days is to learn about it, then just get involved. Just buy that first ETF and then experience it. See how it works for you, and see if you can figure out why it's doing what it's doing. You know, if you sort of see on your news feed or on the news at night or the podcast that you listen to, or whatever that. Um, the U.S. stock market fell sharply yesterday. Go and check and see what happened to your investment. Did it fall in line with it or was it immune to it or not? You hear the RAND is weakening. What impact does that have? So go and, and, and watch in, in your environment and see what is happening in the world around me. And then go and look at your cake and say, how is my cake being affected what's by what's happening this? around me? And that's how you will learn and grow to say, how do I now sort of relate the real world events with my investments? And that is the best way to learn how to do this yourself. Listen to what your friend does or trying to replicate someone else or following social media and say, oh, but this guy did X percent with his debt and that and whatever. Uh-uh. That's not a way. That's not how you're going to learn how to manage your wealth and grow your wealth yourself. You've got to actually get in behind the wheel of the car. That's the queen of ETFs. That's why I call her that. Because for the first time, you've explained it in a way that is very visual. And it still links to all the lingo. So, you know, I think a big part of the investment journey is you need to spend some time figuring things out mm, mm, you, you yep. don't listen to a podcast once or read something once and it it clicks yeah. you've got to spend some sort of time with your money um the the other day we were, we were having a conversation with the wealth psychologist and she spoke about how you almost need to court your money yes. and i think part of this is courting it yes. sort of spending time with it understanding it yeah. being disappointed by it and then being satisfied by it and going through those motions Absolutely. eventually the relationship works out yeah love but it. the analogy of the cake for me all of a sudden makes i've heard people explaining it in all these ways and i'm like what are you on about? And for the first time, it makes so much sense. Easy does it. That's how we do. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equity. 